hail our fair river. Vale. Register. You nailed it. Thanks. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Riverdale Register. My name is John, and with us we have a special guest host steven estrada guys i'm back he's back he's back thank god <laughs> you missed me caitlin is out of the country doing i assume a drug deal somewhere so hopefully hopefully something highly illegal you know when when i when we asked you to do this episode it was thinking oh it'll be a sabrina episode Sabrina's gonna roll through riverdale he's gonna have so much knowledge about sabrina right when she interacts with everyone in the show and of course, this episode wound up being about the horrors men inflict on women across history. This episode brought to you by White Male Rage. And <laughs> White Male Rage. Know, if I know anything about podcast listeners, they love men talking about women's issues. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. You picked a winner. You picked a winning guest host. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's fine. I think we're going to do well. I'm a feminist. You're a feminist. Yes. Uh, that we will... Uh, try and be um i think impartial uh-huh. uh and and uh loving to all characters right uh, never once on this show have i been <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah i guess i i guess i should have done a little more research I'm sorry on you. but I, I gotta cut you off right there because cheryl's in the episode and kevin's in the episode Man. and Hard to love. <laughs> hard to be hard, impartial. Hard to be impartial. Really easy to be partial. Really, <laughs> really easy to have hard opinions. Hard life <laughs> opinions. Uh, I asked our audience if they had any questions to for this episode. Uh, are you caught up on Rivervale in any way? Uh, kind of ish, uh, but you know, happy to happy to jump it, in. That's all right. Then I'll use uh, one of our guys, DJ Clickbait, asked us a question. Uh, what do we think about the gene pool going on in Rivervale, considering everyone's ancestors looks exactly the same? You know, you gotta you gotta respect uh, really strong genes, really strong. <laughs> you gotta respect those those really defined details going through an entire ancestry. Right, right. We should be so lucky. We all should be that, so lucky. That we absolutely. all are that attractive consistently. Consistently, and our ancestors were. When we know, really, many of them were usually not. Looking. It's right. very yeah. Imagine, that's something that's never explored in time travel stories, is that you go to the past and you're immediately the most attractive person on the entire planet. Right, because everyone else was just horrendous looking. Look at that hair. He doesn't smell like garbage. Especially if you go before, like, indoor plumbing was a real Mm. big deal. That's Mm. a, that's Mm. a hard one. (laughs) I, I, I really look at Don't recommend. Sometimes I think about these time travel shows and they're like, oh, my God, we're back in the Civil War, and I'm like, it must smell incredibly bad. <laughs> there, it should be. A, they should be able to tell the year by just sniffing when they go out the door. I think I Doctor would be. Who. I think I would be. I would have be nauseous the entire time being in Civil War era. I, I people didn't shower. Right. They right. regularly. Uh, and, you know, unless they were dirty or whatever. They were like Jake Gyllenhaal. Just a whole bunch of, like, Jake Gyllenhaals running around. <laughs> I think about the movie Lincoln. Right. Where even in the White House, they didn't have, like, heat. They had just blankets. Blankets. <laughs> and then people were sweating. All right, time sweating. to do government work. Right. Blanket. 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 No. no. <laughs> it's and, December in D.C. And then, not to mention, it's, like, Civil War, so they're, like, just, just dead bodies everywhere. Oh, they're, yeah. And it's just decomposed. Yeah, the I bet. smell of death was just the smell. It was how people... most of human history. Right. And so I think about that all the time. I'm like, how, do you, how are you guys not throwing up right, <laughs> consistently? Right, right, right. 
so anyway, this episode is called The Witching Hours. Oh, right. That's what we have to say about genes. Yes. <laughs> about the gene pool. Is that, uh, don't travel back in time, it will smell bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your ancestors will be ugly. Yeah, yeah. In, this episode is called The Witching Hour, with S in a parentheses. Uh, I believe it's coming from, you know, the term The Witching Hour, which is a right. folklore term for... Uh, a time of night associated with supernatural events, also called the Devil's Hour. Yes. What time of night do you think that was? Uh, midnight, I believe. Uh, in some, it was in the hour after midnight. For others, it was three to four. Oh. Wow, I did not know that. Some I always usually, thought it was the hour right after midnight, but yeah, that's... People go to bed, I guess, a little bit later, and it has more to do with circadian rhythms. Oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, it's also You a... mean circadian rhythms? No, no, cicadas. I'm <laughs> I, I know what it is. <laughs> You're talking about the bugs? Yeah. It has to do with circadian yeah, rhythms. Yeah, yeah, Everyone okay. knows. Of course. Everyone knows that. Sure. A, uh, it also loud, has to do with a 1907 stage play where a mentalist must prove a man was hypnotized into committing murder and find the real culprit. Oh. It was made into a 1921 silent film. Okay. A 1934 pre-Hays Code film about a man who doesn't realize he has hypnotic powers and accidentally commands his daughter's fiancé to shoot another man with a grudge against him. My God, it was violent back then. A 1969 to 1978 DC Comics horror anthology hosted by three witches named Mordred, Mildred, and Cynthia, who would later reappear in Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. Oh, cool. Wait, now that's really cool. Okay. A, uh, a 1990 novel by Anne Rice about a gifted neurosurgeon who discovers she has the psychic ability to save or take lives, and she travels to her ancestral home in New Orleans to learn more about her family history, and it turns out she comes from a family of witches and must fight a wicked spirit named Lasher. Ooh. And a 2018 song by Rez. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. All right, well, we have a lot uh, a lot of options to choose from there. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, a lot of things to pull from. There's a lot of hypnotism in most of these. That's yeah, a recurring a lot of psychic, thing. Yeah. Um, that's not part of this episode, though. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. No, I think this title is really only here because, hey, Sabrina's a witch, and Cheryl's a witch now. So, so it's like, you know, we got witches you know, everywhere. Witching hour. But if it's, it's an S... Because it's three witching hours. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're in three separate timelines. Right. Spoiler alert. And maybe the witching hours also specifically when Bailey's Comet is flying overhead. Right. Did Could they not get the rights to Haley's Comet? Or was her agent... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Haley's Comet's agent's a real, real hard-ass <laughs> real about hard. that kind of stuff. <laughs> he's really tough. Yeah. He's, he's a shark, but that's really, what you want. Right, exactly. Gonna get you the best deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode was written by Arabella Anderson, who lasted an episode called Lock and Key, and the episode How to Get Away with Murder. Oh. Cool. How to Get Away with Murder was the one from season four after Jughead was quote-unquote dead, uh, where they let you think he was dead for, like, the whole episode. He d- we did. I thought he was dead. Yeah. That yeah. was a really good one. But you can't kill Cole Sprouse. Uh, unfortunately, no, uh, they Hard tried. Hard to kill. Yeah. <laughs> they tried. I think he sometimes wants to go yeah in a harrison ford like way i think there's a lot of there's a lot of tiredness in those eyes <laughs> you know as he as he acts i'm like wow sure you, yeah you look, you look yeah. exhausted i think now. he was really engaged in this one i think any chance he gets to not play jughead yeah he gets really he excited takes about it. yeah he gets really excited that's the, mo- the the beginning of the episode is the most animation i've ever seen that, oh yeah. That, his yeah, broad, yeah his broad his broad sterling, sterling in- impression is is where I see a lot of, lot of light in his <laughs> eyes. You know? Hope. <laughs> that there's, a, there's an end to this torture. This episode was directed by uh, James DeWill. He's a writer turned director who directed Citizen Lodge from last year oh, and cool. How to Get Away with Murder. We, get, we keep picking from the Shondaland. The, the thing, yeah. Right. So, 
there are three storylines in this episode, and I have dubbed them such. Fear Street 2021, Fear Street 1957, and Fear Street 1892. I love it. Fantastic. Which one would you like to go to first? Well, I think it's... I think it's probably best to start with um, Abigail's mm-hmm. and work our way forward. Makes sense. So let's start in <clears throat> the beautiful 1892. Famously, everyone, as we were just <laughs> discussing, uh, a lovely time period that definitely didn't smell like death all the time. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Jughead reintroduces Thornhill, the Blossom family's ancestral home, and the most haunted place in River Vale. But by what? Ghosts? Memories? A curse? Perhaps all three. Oh. Mm. Scary. So, uh, Abigail Blossom is a 19th century school teacher who teaches out of her home. And she meets Tony Topaz's ancestor, uh, Tomasina. Tomasina. What do you think of Tomasina? What do I think of the character Tomasina? The design of Tomasina's, like, I uh, like, she's got a lot of hair. I love that she's got, like, big hair, and, like, I love that she's got big colors, like, a lot of purples, and mm. and purple, you know, that's it. That's a good color. Well, it is, but it's also, if we're talking about storytelling, purple's like a color. It's like a royalty color. It's a royalty color, color so yeah. it's very, like, you know, we know that this is going to be very, this person's going to be very important to the story, mm. as opposed to Kevin Keller who we know is never going to be important to the story. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes he sees things out in the woods and he lets other people know about them. <laughs> He's basically Lassie. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. You're not wrong. No. So, uh, Tomasina applies for a teaching position at Abigail's school, and Abigail uh, just, just puts a lot of information out on the table for us. Uh, one, she has a twin brother who looks exactly like Jason who's fighting in the war. Right. He'll definitely be alive later. We'll see him. We'll have two conversations. We're going to fall in love with him. Yeah. And it's gonna be <laughs> He's one of our favorites. Right. Uh, uh, they both already survived the pox. Right. Uh, to, have you had... I, I assume... That, actually, I don't know if they're talking about smallpox or, or chickenpox. Chickenpox. Or, I mean, it, all, all the poxes killed a lot of people. Back they were bad. They, they were bad. bad. Yeah. That's why we but have But, like, vaccines. the way they talk about pox is the way I talk about chickenpox. It's like, yeah, I had it as a baby, so I'm fine now. Yeah, so I think it's probably chickenpox. Hmm. Well, it could be smallpox. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, based on the time. Based on the time, I, I, it I'm, could I'm be either. Not sure. Yeah, not sure. The pox. And, and also, uh, a couple more things. Tomasina isn't married. Abigail hates husbands, and Thomas C. is from is from Greendale. Good, 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 good. great, great. Which is uh, Greendale is the is the only setup we have for Sabrina, Sabrina. coming later. Right. At this point, at this point, we we barely knew there was Greendale. I right. think there were a couple right. of mentions of in, it in, a, in, in prior earlier seasons. seasons of the show. They've been to Greendale. Ben, or they were playing the 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 football team from yeah, Greendale yeah. or something. They kind of did it less once. The show became a Netflix show. Right. I think they might have been expecting it to be a CW series at first. No problem. They definitely were. I think Netflix. It, it was. It was originally at CW. Yeah. And did uh, they pass or did Netflix just buy it? No, CW didn't pass, but they they said um, there were they weren't going to be allowed to tell the kind of story they wanted to tell. They wanted Sabrina to oh. be a very dark, very. You know, I mean, there's obviously there's nudity in sure. in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They wanted it to be a much sure. darker, uh, more sort of, I guess, powerfully told story. And mm. Netflix was, uh, Netflix was just the, the key winner in there. 
Yeah. You're able to tell any story you want on Netflix. It's, that's fair. That's fair. You know, Netflix runs the gambit from and, dark and, to Coco and remember, Mello. remember, there's there's rules for broadcast. I mean, you you can't show this, you can't show that, you can't say this, you can't say. I that. thought it was crazy. The CW took uh, Swamp Thing off of DC Universe and re-aired it on network, and I thought, and I, yeah. that shocked me because that show. It's pretty intense. They probably had to scrub it. Maybe actually, they probably they, were like, they, they were probably just put parts some, of put it. some shadows over things. Well, absolutely. I mean, you have to send it to standards and practices. You have to send it over to legal, and they they do. They send an email. Literally, they will standards and practices, or the, the the team will send an email with a whole grid about to the writers and say, mm-hmm. cut this, cut that, right. can't have this, can't right. have that. And, and then the writers are like, all right, I guess we're getting yellow pages tonight. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, there's a there's a whole there's a a writer's draft of it, a director's draft of it, a st- standard and practices draft right. of it, and then the same <laughs> thing in editing. They have to do a cut, a cut, a cut. Absolutely. A cut. Yeah. So, what can you do? How anything gets done in this town, I'll never know. Right. <laughs> so, uh, in class, Abigail wants to teach all of her students about proper dinner ab- etiquette, and then Thomasina comes in and be like, "All right, but what if space? What if we looked at a comet instead?" Yeah, and, and Abigail is like, absolutely not. That's what men do. How dare you bring up a comet in this in our time where we're learning how to get food off of plates? We're churning butter later. Do you understand? <laughs> um, it's here. I just want to note to any storytellers in the audience that when a character, one character, interrupts a task by like an, another character's task, and then the character that character needs to complete that task. It's it's my favorite thing I, is is uh, meaningless tasks that get interrupted for the actual plot to happen. I'm always like, but what about? But the- <laughs> what I there's a there's a, I have a famous line when I'm watching a TV show because it happens every once in a while on any kind of show. A person will walk into a room with a purpose, and then see the character out of see another character out of shock or out of oh, oh I'm glad you're here right. Mm-hmm. They'll say some sort of offbeat line. And they'll have that conversation, and then they'll walk out of the room. And my line is always, why did you walk into the room? What were you doing? Do that. What were you, 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 you were going to fold laundry, right? right. You were going to, you were going to grab the remote. You didn't do it. You two, walked into the room, Two and things that out. drive me crazy is uh, when characters sit down for a meal, order from the waiter, and then leave before the food ever comes. Like, you didn't eat your meal. You didn't eat <laughs> your meal. That happens in Tenet. He's like, I'll have what he ordered, and then just leaves, leaves. before the food arrives. Lovely. And I wish they just shown a shot of both of the meals coming, and I'd be like, I got it. I just want a whole, there should be a whole montage of people going, where did that guy go? Or... Uh, or, like, uh, you know, my brother has this thing about, especially about Die Hard. Uh-huh. There's this particular scene in Die Hard, and it, obviously it's, it happens in a lot of movies and a lot of I don't TV know, shows. I don't know Die Hard. No, I've you don't know that? Before. I guess it's a really famous Christmas movie. We'll okay. talk about it later, and that's fine. Um, there's this m- moment uh, in a lot of movies where people are on the phone. Yes. And they I was don't... Just, no, that was the thing I was going to say next. And they don't say goodbye <laughs> yeah, to yeah, each yeah. other. They don't say goodbye to each I other. I always want to do a bit where they hang up to continue the business and then their phone starts ringing again. They're like, hello? Hey, I was like, did we get cut off? <laughs> did we get cut off? Did you have more to say? No, that's it. No, all right, okay. all right. I love you. Yeah, yeah, something. No, the, yeah, the, the line in Die Hard is uh, she's talking to her maid and the maid, and she just goes, what would I do without you, you know, Isabella or whatever the maid's name? And she she clicks, she hangs up the phone, she hangs up the phone, doesn't say goodbye, doesn't say thank you, doesn't say anything, and drives my brother up a wall. Now, now maybe, but here's what your brother is considering. Maybe this is Holly's entire relationship with the maid. 
is that every right. time she never says bye, she just says, what would I do without you? Shuts what? the door. <laughs> what would I do without you? Right, that's that's the most respect she gives her. It could be. But anyway, for any storytellers in the room, please have motivation for your character. What are they doing? Why are they doing it? Always ask that question. Okay, go right. on. So, uh, uh, Abigail apologized to Thomasina for preventing her from teaching girls about the stars. And Thomasina apologizes back for overstepping, but they both agree that Thomasina is right and they should teach the girls things that men don't want them to know because how else are they going to do anything in this world? Right. Because men are consistently afraid of educated women. Yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) I didn't have anything funny to add to that. No. no, no. I was more of a a statement of fact. And honestly, maybe a joke was the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. More of a statement of fact. Just go ahead and nod. That's me. (laughs) Uh, and then and then the two girls kiss. This right. might have shocked anyone who couldn't think that Tomasina and Abigail could have any chemistry with one another. Lesbians. Right. 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 In the in the past. Uh, past Ooh. lesbians. You know you know what's fun about that? It's very dangerous. <laughs> what's fun about that is they could have been killed. It's it's the worst time to be <laughs> that thing. Worst time to be a lesbian. Right. And they're basically living the dream in bed with each other just like they did for all of season four. Right. <laughs> when they get a knock on the door from Constable Keller. So there's multiple Kevins in this episode. Multiple Kevins. This one has a mustache. This one has a mustache, which <laughs> this... makes him, and this is true, the best one. That's right. Uh, just objectively the best one. He calls Tomasina a murderess, which is so much more fun than murderer. I know. I feel like if I ever murder someone, I'm not going to, but if I ever did, I'd want to be called a murderess, yeah. not a murderer. That would be fun. You know what I mean? I think you deserve that. I deserve that. Right. I mean, not that you should murder. No, no, no. Of course. I would never. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Abigail lies to Constable Keller and tells him that no, Abigail isn't there, or no, Thomasina isn't there, and that there was a plague of fox in their house. Right. And Constable Keller uh, kindly fucks right off. He says, well, not dealing with that bullshit. (laughs) All right, I'm out. (laughs) When Abigail asks about the murderess thing, Thomasina tells her that she killed her husband, who was a cruel man that she was arranged to marry in the first place and would beat her. It sounds like an awful relationship. Definitely. But probably one that was very common in 1892. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't travel back in time. Again, I have <laughs> That's to... That's the message. I really have to warn any time travelers that may be women or brown or queer. Listen, we know I people... Wouldn't go farther, I wouldn't go farther than 1980 we, we, we know people like to listen to podcasts while they do activities that take their hands. For th- so for those of you out there working on your time machines, maybe, maybe don't go that far. If you are a uh, straight white man cis man probably yeah go I, back I, not you, forward you can go you can go you as can far back you, you can go as far back as you want really yeah. i think but anything other than World's that your oyster yeah but before nothing past 1980 i yeah, would say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's uh, 
That's fair. That's fair. That's I unfortunate. think these are nice rules, though. You know, have. I think that's just a lot about the kinds of people who get excited about time travel stories. <laughs> yeah, I like to think. I like to think there's a bunch, there's a bunch of people, like a bunch of brown people, like all going. We don't need to time travel. <laughs> We're good. In uh, in Legends of Tomorrow this season, they got stuck in the 1920s for oh, the first couple episodes. Geez. And one of the black characters by like episode five is like, we got to get. The hell out of this century. I hate it so much. I, I think if I ever went back, uh, ever went back to just in time and I saw on a newspaper 19, like, 15, 19, I'd be like, I... You'd call your time taxi and get out of there. Someone needs to get me out of here. Right. I cannot be here. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Abigail invites Tomasina to stay forever. Right. And then they meet... Odd for someone you just met. Yeah. And well, hired. You know, uh teaching is a lonely life <laughs> yeah i guess it is I guess all it girls be. school all girls school they meet a i think his first name is fen fogarty fen fogarty f-e-n f-e-n yes i i i, I assume that's a 19th century name i certainly hope so God. i mean it's not any better than fang but i is that his real first name oh okay i don't know i mean that's how <laughs> Did he, he come out and his mom said that's a fang. That's a fang if I ever saw one. <laughs> it's actually fangs. Fangs. Oh, that's it. Fangs. You're right. You're right. It's, he's multiple. Right, right. He's got two. Uh, Fen claims to be a soldier who knew Abigail's brother. Right. She welcomes him into her home. And he hands her a letter that James Blossom apparently wrote, basically promising Abigail to him. Which, wow, to think that that was a thing that happened, too, at a period in time. Listen, I would chalk it up to another loose plot line, but I I think things like that actually did happen. Yeah. Like, women, you know, by themselves with no male supervision were basically, you know, powerless to own property or start a business. Totally. And she, I, a brother who, without, you know, a male father or anything, would likely want his sister to have someone to help her and take care of her. There, I don't know which time period of culture it was, but there was a time when if a woman's husband died, she would often then be married to that man's brother. Yes. No, it, it, it was typical. Yeah. It was very typical. Um, and Abigail falls I, for this hook line. I, I think there was a storyline like that in Bridgerton, actually. Oh. Yeah. Did you not see Bridgerton? I didn't watch Bridgerton. Oh, what? When was that coming out? It came out already. Yeah, but when was that? When was that? Probably last year. Yeah, like I don't. During, I might during have the been, pandemic, twenty. I might have been. That might have been around the time I was more doing Queen's Gambit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, Queen's uh, Gambit was great. Great show. But Bridgerton Which gets a shout out in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> in one of the ways that I couldn't tell if I liked or didn't like. Right. Yeah, we're not. We'll get sure. there. So Abigail's like, oh, I guess I got to marry this guy. Right. Which is weird coming from the person who earlier said, I don't really care for husbands. Right. Just she, in general. She did say that uh, very very clearly, very astutely. Anyway. So. It's at this point I want to say that Drew, Drew Ray Tanner is very handsome. Thanks. Uh, yes. Yes, he is. But that mustache ain't it, Chief. No, no, that's that's <laughs> true. Dude, that's one mustache we, we I we reacted like, very positively to Kevin's mustache. That mustache ain't it. Well, it was an evil mustache. You know, t- true. They, they really... You know, he doesn't... He usually looks like a pretty pretty nice guy for a biker gang member. They he really does. made him look like a scumbag in Real this scummy. one. Real scummy. It's yeah. just like, they, they took him to the hair and just put more slime of, in it. So they just hang straight. You just want to you wanna, you wanna touch the hair and then you like come back and it's just all greasy. You just like, look like you hate women. Yeah. <laughs> that was the director got in his face. I really want you to hate women today. 
like, okay, I'll give it a go, I guess. So, like, he goes out to hunt one day, and the girls go through his stuff. Also, I don't remember him having any meat in his hand when he came home, but, like, maybe that was just a, <laughs> like... Well, it wasn't he, a successful hunting oh, trip. Oh, okay, yeah, I, but he, he did. He said, women, I've returned with dinner, if I remember correctly. Yes. And I don't remember seeing a dinner. No, but he has an axe. He has the axe, I remember, but I don't remember seeing anything in his hand. But that could just be, like, a weird, like... I don't... Maybe I, I don't remember it. either. It's fine. Anyway. Imagine if it was, like, just some berries in his pocket. <laughs> right. He just foraged. Much. He, he foraged for, like, yeah, strawberries. I'm really nonviolent. Right. Get over here with Get the axe. Get over here. <laughs> they find parchment where he clearly practiced her brother's handwriting. Maybe don't bring that with you into the house. Why not just burn that? <laughs> it looked like it was used. You could eat it. it I don't know. Here. you got options. Do anything else. Everything like other than, I'm just going to leave it here. I'm just going to leave it here. Not even going to lock the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then it's worse because Thomasy discovers some voodoo magic stuff, and she's like, "He's a warlock." And yeah, and Abigail's like, "How do you know that? What's?" And Thomasy's just like, "I'm a witch." <laughs> she's like, "I know these things." <laughs> yeah, a lot of witches. Greendale's a town with a lot of specific stuff going on. A lot of witches in there. Here's a Netflix subscription. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and watch this. Watch the Chilean Adventures. It's free to watch it. Uh, and he keeps death portraits. Are Gross. these real? They are. They. There. I think there are. Uh, a men, there were a few serial killers that used to do that. Mm. Um, take pictures of uh, their deaths. And this was at a time when pictures were a commitment. Right. Oh, and you know what? It mean it's not even just serial killers. Some people actually, like, do want death portraits. Death portraits of, like. This is their final minutes or their final, like, they, they call in, you know, some people call in a priest. Some people call in a photographer. I hope, uh, no, I don't know what I hope. What? <laughs> hope is what a strong the, word. What was the end of that I sentence? want to do a bit about uh, someone giving the person instructions on what their angles were mm. before they died. Right. Yeah. Like, just make sure my head's pointing sure this way. You get my left little side. Bit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And only do it during golden hour. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Like how Tom Cruise, like, knows his angles to yeah, a T. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he knows what the camera is, always. <laughs> he gets home with uh, a, a couple of berries in his pockets. <laughs> and the women hurry to put his stuff away, but then don't pretend like they didn't find out everything. Right. They're like, oh, he can't know. Right. Then as Susie comes up, they're like, we know everything about you. <laughs> right. She grabs a knife, and she's ready to defend herself. Yeah. And it doesn't go Do her way. Doesn't go her way. Thomasina, by the way, as a witch, not super useful. Not very not witchy. Bringing out a lot of the powers. Not I feel like Sabrina could have gotten out of this a little bit. Better. I feel like Sabrina wouldn't have even been in this. This Sabrina would have seen him at the door and been like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this I'm tonight. Not doing that. Yeah, Sabrina killed many a many a person <laughs> in Chilling Adventures. She's 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 done more than Cheryl has. Definitely, arguably. No, oh yeah. well, I mean, but not more than Abigail has. Um, oh, well, yes, but yeah. we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to that part of the story. He puts an axe to Thomasina's throat and will kill her unless Abigail marries him. And Abigail believes this. Yeah, I mean, he seems pretty... It looks like he's killed five people already, right. so right. Uh, one of them what? being his brother, her brother. For sure he's going to stop now if you do what he says. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think the I think the problem was the immediate... The immediate issue was there's an axe to her oh, her neck. Yeah. Right. So right. the immediate thing is give the guy what I he wants. I just want to be clear. We didn't solve that. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get solved. 
the axe thing did get solved in the immediate. Yes. It the overall problem didn't get solved. No, that's no. correct. Yeah. Uh, she goes to fetch a vicar in town within the hour. Right. The vicar winds up being Reggie with sideburns. <laughs> I saw that in the back. I saw that in the background. I was like, man, they just they, they just, really didn't want to use any background players in this. They were like, Charles, one. you need to come in. Yeah, come in, Charles. He's like, I'm in this scene. Yeah, just sit there. What are you doing? We're putting we're putting, putting these sideburns giant on sideburns on, on your you. face. You're gonna be the vicar. You're gonna you're gonna marry Fen and Abigail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abigail is dressed in red for her wedding. It's it's cool. Yeah. I mean, not that she's happy. It's a nice night for a red wedding. Mm. And then afterwards, uh, Fen demands that she come to the bedroom to fulfill her wifely duties. Fulfill her wifely duties. I have that. I have that circle. That was like gross. <laughs> is he? I mean, he chooses into that lie. Yeah, really, really leaned into it. And she asks if he's heard of Lizzie Borden. I know, yeah. Do you know the story of good old Lizzie Borden? How long ago would that have been at this I time? I thought it was in the 1700s. Mm. Um, but maybe it was in the 1800s. So maybe it was, you know, pretty uh, recent, mm. you know? Because she, she talked about it like it was an old, uh, like an old newspaper. Right, like a Like right. a recent <clears throat> newspaper thing. And he's like, I don't keep up with current events. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, keep up with this! And yeah. hits him with an axe a bunch of <laughs> Multiple times. Multiple times. And clearly not very hard. <laughs> no, because he shows up later, and like he's covered in blood. Not a scratch on him, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, those little bird arms are <laughs> really not doing it for you there, Abby. <laughs> trying to hit with some gusto. I mean, you're trying to kill a man, not, not right. maim him. I thought he was dead. Uh, there was like, a lot of blood. I thought he was dead. There was a lot of blood. There and was like a carry level amount of she's blood. Covered. She's covered. He's covered. She goes to find Tomasina. Barely a scratch. <laughs> he, he, he follows her there. He looks fine. Looks fine. Looks he's, like he's he, like wiping it off. You know, he's like, wow, that blood is a lot, but it's really not mine. It's mostly yours. You know, like, like, wow. Okay. Was was the axe full of blood? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, was it just like red paint in the room somewhere? There's like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, the Lizzie Borden murders did happen in 1892, so it was a very current event. Oh, okay. Very, so then, yeah, he doesn't keep up with current yeah, events. Yeah, he doesn't keep up with current events. I mean, I was in the war. I, I, I don't know what who the hell what's that going is. on. Yeah. Uh, there is a death portrait on Tomasina's lap, and yet she's like, Tomasina, come on, she's come on, dead. snap out of it. She's What's dead. this? D D. She's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Warlock Fen, as the comet flies by, curses her to everlasting life and eternal suffering. Right. Always well, be alone. no, he cursed her to, oh, misery and loneliness for the rest of her days. But I. I guess maybe I missed the immortal part, but I don't think I don't think I I don't think I heard immortal immortality. I think he like cursed her to like wander these halls for these the rest halls, of yeah. something like that. It was very it was well, a very weird very, you know, very weirdly put spell. Maybe the uh, comet took some liberties. Comet, the comet did, and what I think that that's very important uh, to mention. This is in sort of a flash to the present. We find out why why the comet is important in all three of these. Right. Well, in two of them, it's 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 a meteorolo- meteorological event that affects magic, right? right? And it, it allows, makes it more powerful. Sure, right. Think uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? Uh, eclipse, full moon, comet, whatever. Right, the comet really makes the fire nation more more powerful. Right. Eclipse, it makes the water water more powerful. Yada yada. And uh, Abigail lived out her days in Thornhill forever alone. 
what I find really interesting about this is that this is absolutely how Cheryl perceives her life. Oh, very astute. In this story, Abigail lives forever and becomes Polly and Cheryl. Spoilers. Can't... Sure, if you're listening to this podcast... (laughs) I'm just kidding. That can't be true for Cheryl. Right. For the Cheryl of River Dale. Dale. Because at the end of last season, she found out that Abigail existed in the first place. Right. And that would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been bananas. <laughs> right. But probably right on par yeah. with the rest of the Oh my show. god, I'm Abigail. Oh, oh wow. Wow, I forgot. Man, I, I'm remembering now. It's all coming back to <laughs> I didn't to even me. bump my head. I really just forgot. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but this is kind of, it reminds me of when in season four it was just her and Tony alone in the house right. for much of their plot and like, other family members came in and other people caused them problems and stuff but also just like cheryl thinks anything bad that happens to her is a grave injustice right done by the worst of humanity right and this kind of feels like the way she sees the world not the way how i see her right usually right um yeah no i think cheryl finds herself constantly feeling like the victim and in many ways empowering herself over and over and over again to get over that victimization right but failing to do so over and over and over again and almost like she is caught in her own she kind of does it to herself she does right not a lot of self-awareness there but that's part of the course for a lot of the characters for a lot of the the characters yeah right okay so we got to move on to fear street 1957 right these are my favorite costumes of the episode so good they're great so good the hair is great Costumes are great. Not everybody looks good in bangs, and when I mean, you know Madeline Pet, big surprise, <laughs> big she surprise. looks good in she another good look. In I know. So, uh, Poppy Blossom sleeps in the same room as Cheryl will. Poppy is visited by her girlfriends, played by Betty, Veronica, Tabitha. Yes, sometimes they're... Alice is there. Yes, she's hosting a salon. A salon. I love it. Like, like in the old days in Paris. In pa- gay Paris. <laughs> Very gay Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about to be. We're yeah. about to find <laughs> out how gay. And they're discussing Lady Chatterley's Lover. I love that. Yeah. Lady Chatterley's Lover. Have you ever read that? No. Um, it's a book. The story, basically, a, a woman is married to a man who becomes, like, paraplegic. He, like, loses all feeling in, like, the below, below the belt, if you will. <clears throat> and also becomes very distant emotionally mm-hmm. uh, to Lady Chatterley. And so she takes up a lover with the, like, the gamekeeper, I think. <sighs> And it's all about how she's sort of empowering herself through her sexuality because she has these right. needs and her her husband can't fulfill those needs. So it's very appropriate right. for this and, time. And the threat of violence over it all? Definitely. God, gotta <laughs> keep it. Always gotta be there. White male rage. <laughs> White male rage. Uh, Tammy, Tam Tam, Tate stays behind and tells Poppy she wants a job at the diner, but her husband won't allow it. Right. And Poppy has a solution. Poison. Poison. <laughs> you give him these herbs, and he'll be so sick that you can prove you can run with Pops for him. Exactly. He'll definitely be thankful for that. He'll be so happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> then she loans her a DVD copy of Phantom Threat. Don't know how she got it on DVD in wow. 1957. But, 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 damn, what a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy's salon starts talking about Bailey's Comet. Hey, that's the same one from the other storyline. That's right, John. Oh my god. Very good. We're gonna find out that Bailey's comet has to do with a lot of things here. What? Every timeline. What? I know. I know. 
by that time, Tam Tam is working at Pops now. So I guess poison works. It works. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here. Poison your husbands. <laughs> <laughs> if you want if you want to get what you want poison your husbands that's a good theme for this show too this show this episode I, oh I okay say. Yeah, not the show but the episode i can't wait for caitlin to hear all of this mm. they talk about sputnik they're worried about the soviets we're deep in the red scare i love that by the <laughs> way i love the the little bit of historical accuracy really they pulling did. from witch hunts in the past yeah uh, witch hunts in that time no witch hunts in the present. I loved it. Pretty I good. loved it. This was this was, and I'm just saying, this is an overarching comment. One of the most well put together episodes of Riverdale I've ever seen, and very singular with like something to say. Right, like we have a theme, and we're on mean, like, theme the entire time. <laughs> this week they're in a hallway, and there's a lot of people and flashing lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was less of that, and more like, wow, we are really telling a cohesive story to this this week. Right, and I've really, I really just, enjoyed that. Just one story. One story. What if instead of doing four stories, we one, one story, story really well, <laughs> really well, and that's what they did. And man, it no, showed. This show is always better when it slows down and works like that. Absolutely. Did you see Citizen Lodge last season? This is the Hiram Lodge origin story episode where oh, he has a mustache. No, I didn't. Oh, you gotta check it out. Got it's on. a really good one. They slowed down and they told one story. One story. That's what I'm saying. There's something to be said. And it doesn't have to be linear storytelling. Because this isn't. The, the way they do this. No. It's back and, and the show is the about flash. the town. Right. So it doesn't have to be linear. But it, does, but it needs to have one overarching theme. Right. And then one, and then each episode needs to have its little baby theme, and we're on. Point so if if the theme the of this is, I guess to agree, men are about monsters, or or you know witch hunts, and that recursive nature of those times, that doesn't happen in the present story. And 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 what do what do you think they're saying by doing that? Well, because I don't think the theme theme is that men are monsters. That's no no <laughs> I, I, I more the witch hunt thing. I think the, the really the theme is more on the not the negative men are the problem, but the positive that women are the solution, mm. right? So more on the fact that women, when empowered or when they take the power for themselves, can do extraordinary things. Yeah, and that's that's a beautiful message. Right, beautiful message, and it's overarching, and it goes through each and every one of these timelines, even though. The stories are tragic, as many women from the past stories are. You see that. You see that it eventually, with ingenuity, with uh, uh, with intelligence, and with a little bit of magic, mm-hmm. the women win out in the end. And with such a long view of the history of their oppression, the, the stuff in modern day doesn't need to have that element, and it actually is one of those things that has more of a hopeful look at our present day circumstances where they can just freely travel and meet with each other and do their thing. Absolutely. Without any intrusion or problems. I mean, here's to the new world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy thinks privacy is important, and who cares what these people are saying in the comfort of their own homes. She thinks witch hunts are bad. And after that, uh, Bitsy yeah. tells Poppy she's not happy in her marriage. Right, this is a separate salon. Mm-hmm. So the salon is weekly. And right. so the, everyone like comes to see her privately. It seems outside of the salon which, or after the salon. Which, and if I were if I were going to the writers and saying, "Hey, this is a note," like we're we're seeing a lot of it's we're seeing a lot of like this same 
bit happen, and I would I, w- I would like to see it maybe happen in a different place context, or a different right. yeah a little different context. Maybe. She visited their homes and like saw a problem or, and recommended a solution. Yeah, or maybe she was in the the grocery store. I don't even know if they had grocery. They, had they don't have a grocery store here. Oh, no, they, they collect their food from pops and oh. take it home. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, never mind. What are you that. talking about? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> They're they're building their bunker in the woods. Somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. No, but that's a st- that's just a story thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. Jack wants another child, but her first pregnancy almost killed her. That seems like an important element that uh, gets that is really just mentioned in the one line. Yeah. It was just a, sort of like an off. But it's not just that he's making her have another kid, but that it could kill her. It could kill her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Childbirth isn't easy. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And we should so say Bitsy is played by the fantastic... Yeah, we wouldn't know. Um, the Bitsy played by the fantastic Lily Reinhardt. Right, Lily's doing great work in this episode, and as usual. As usual. She's another one who gets more excited when she's playing a different part. Yeah. But she's more committed to Betty than I would say Cole is to Jughead. To Jughead. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. But, I mean, tragically well-played, deadbeat, 1950s, <laughs> mean husband... Ooh, he's so good in this he's one. He's so good. Uh, Poppy suggests birth control, a special ginger root from the car- garden. And Betsy's so grateful that they kiss, which, you know... Passionately. They, they can't do in modern day because they're related. Right. Oh, they're cousins. Right. They're third cousins. But not in this time. Yeah, no. Nice. Not in River, <laughs> not in River Vale. Not in River Vale. Right. Gross. Gross. Scandal. Third cousins. That's not... I mean, that's really, that's really far back. I mean... <laughs> It, it really, if, if they wanted to, they probably could just be together. To. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Velma gets Poppy's attention. Played by the incomparable Camila Mendes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Playing a very, having a very Veronica problem. Definitely. My sex life, life has been too vanilla lately. <laughs> Can you help me spice things up? So she gives her literal spices. She gives her the Kama Sutra. And a copy and, of the Kama Sutra. And a special... Spices. It's literally spices <laughs> yeah. that she hits. You her. put that in his tea and he'll be ready to go. <laughs> he'll be very spicy. <laughs> very spicy. Next thing she knows, Poppy's got Jack and Bitsy at her door. Right. I love this scene. I like that Jack's already talking before the door is open. Right. Jack, no last name. I One would assume... Actually, no, because then... Which, are these, are these the Coopers or the Joneses? Who knows? Yikes. Who knows at this point? It, this is one of the more confused ones, right? Because not everyone can be their own ancestor right. in these stories. That would be impossible. Right. If Velma is Hermione's ancestor, right. she can't be married to Reggie. To Reggie, right. Because racially it just doesn't work out. It doesn't out. make sense, yeah. This is more of like a, these are the actors playing these roles. Because yeah. that's what television is. That's what it, actors playing roles. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, you're really, really putting it out there. That's no. the gene pool thing. Well, and I think that there was a lot of just like, they don't want to, maybe they just don't want to pay any background people. Well, there's a pandemic on, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So like we did an episode of NCIS that was a flashback to how Gibbs met Ducky and his like first days at the NIS. Right. And when they were doing prep for it, I was the one who mentioned should we have different background people for this episode or make them up differently? And the unit production manager was like, oh my God, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, it's it's tough making TV uh, right now. No. I mean, there's these, uh, the restrictions that California has on productions, uh, it 
it really makes it tricky. So mm-hmm. having more and more people on the set is going to cost money. Totally. It's going to cost COVID tests. And if somebody gets COVID, That's God right. forbid, it's going to cost days of shooting and you have to push directors. And sometimes no directors have features in the mix or they have other episodes of television in the ring. Right. So it's a In case nightmare. anyone is wondering, one of the rules now for a lot of productions is that everyone in the zone where you're on set with the actors as they're shooting has to be fully vaccinated. Right. Uh, that's true on my show. That's true on all of my most shows. shows. Yeah, right. all of the shows you work on. Right. It's a good safety measure, and yet there are certain parts of the industry where it's more difficult to find day players, workers who are vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's getting easier and easier every day, and well, it's quickly becoming something you have, have to, to do, do, especially here in Los Angeles. Just I mean, it, you can't. Yeah. There, I mean, you can't go into any bar, club, gym restaurant without being fully vaccinated the only kind of mandate people really really do have to bow to is more of a corporate one right than a a a political one a disney with it i mean obviously i i work for 20th television so disney owns 20th television all i think there's like 15 150,000 Disney employees or something around the world right. and every single one of them yeah, has the to be parks, vaccinated. Yeah, especially with the par- with the parks included of course. Yeah, yeah. there's not 150,000 people working in a television studio, but <laughs> but but in the Disney family itself, I mean, yeah, we all have to be vaccinated. Oh, I just thought 150,000 people was the crew of the Marvel shows. It wouldn't be funny. <laughs> yeah, probably probably <laughs> probably. Yeah, I mean, throughout the multiple studios, yeah, Disney owns like Nat Geo, FX, Marvel, you know, Disney Channel, all the all the above. But, you know, monopolies are fine, right? We love monopolies. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you work for them. Listen, listen. I love Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Free tickets to Disneyland. He, he, si- he signs my checks. I love that guy. You were doing the I am not a crook pose? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what... Oh, I didn't mean to. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's a problem. So, Bitsy is changed her tune when she's at the front door with Jack, saying that she's happy in her marriage and Poppy should butt out, which also... I've seen this before in other stories set in this time period. Right. Where, like, to keep yourself safe from your terrifying husband, you turn on your friends. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get hit, slapped in the face again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, how many... <laughs> again. Well, how many right. times... I mean, listen, how many times can you get slapped? I mean, the man's probably... He's bigger than you. I mean, though, Cole Sprouse is... I mean, I feel he's, like... He's, the, he's actually probably a little, a little bit shorter. shorter than, <laughs> I feel like Lily Reinhardt really could take him. <clears throat> if, if we were going... If we were going mono e Fimano, I would say I'd say she took him. Yeah, I'd have fifty bucks on Lily for sure. I mean, she does by the end of the story. Definitely, yeah. but not in a physical way. No. Yeah. Jack threatens to kill Poppy if she comes near Bitsy. Aggressive. Yeah. Aggressive. I mean, I I I think uh, you know usually when you see scenes like that, you're like. They, they say, well, you're going to regret it. Right. right? There, they there's say, some kind of veil. There's like a, like a vague, anyway. like, well, white, I'm going to make you pay. White male confidence was at such a high in it the 50s peak. that they were able to straight up go to people and be like, I will murder you. I will murder you. And you're like, wow. I mean, I guess people do that today through the veil of the internet. Right. Right. Yeah. They'll threaten people in that sense. Right. But you know. It in was, your face, though. When, you, when you're telling, telling <laughs> someone you're going to murder them to their face. It's usually a bit. That's confidence. (laughs) That is confidence. You don't see confidence like that anymore. No, not really. Definitely not. Nobody comes to Polly's next salon. Right. Except all of the... Except every man (laughs) in town. Except every man in town. Right, you're right. So, in case you're wondering why there's no Archie, he was sacrificed to a pagan god at the end of the premiere of the season. 
of River in Rivervale. Of Rivervale. That's yes. right. I yes. actually saw that episode he's with dead. you. Right. He's dead. Right. We, you were there together. Yeah, I was there. Right. And so he's just not in the rest of Rivervale. Nice. I wonder what KJ is. KJ Abbott we, just on we paternity, assume it's leave? paternity leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just on good, paternity. Good for him. He's really happy. Yeah, he loves that kid. But it is. I personally feel like I'm missing something without Archie in episodes. Oh, definitely. I mean, KJ Appa, like, <clears throat> it's come not. Back. The, it's not just the jawline. Come back to no the, <clears throat> the jawline and the shirtless photos. You know, the, you know, he adds a little bit of. It would have been weird to have him be that shirtless in the 19th century and yeah. the 50s. He's not very. He's not uh, 1950s hot. No, he's, no, he is not. He's not 1950s hot. So if you, if I feel like in the 1950s, would, they'd be like, someone get that guy a sandwich. Is he okay? Right? <laughs> they'd be like, man, he's like emaciated. <laughs> wow, his yeah. organs, you can see them. Oh, oh no, yeah, 1950s hot was like, you know, fucking Christopher Reeves, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, no, who was the Superman before him? Reeve, George Reeve, George Reeve. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was hot. Right, that right, was right. hot in the 50s. Yeah. Barrel chested. <laughs> barrel chested. Man takes a couple beer, drinks at the end of the beer day. Gut. <laughs> Superman with a beer gut. That's what I. That's what I love. Right. So like Reggie's ancestor is pretty pissed. It's like you, you told my my wife talked to you about how I'm bad in bed. No, and stuff. here's and you know since you're back to your point, they all said you said right. you you Poppy <clears throat> told my wife that I'm bad in bed, and that might and, be the wife saying she said those. Things oh, co- of course, of course, yeah, absolutely. But it's like uh, if you really think about it, you would think your wife, you your wife told you that I said you were bad in bed. I mean. I've never had you in bed, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have I don't any context. Know. Don't want to know. <laughs> uh, how would I have context for how you are in bed? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, judging by appearance, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't yeah, like, like, if we're looking at you, probably. Get out of my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're looking at you, probably. Yeah. Uh, they don't like her undermining them, and they suggest she leave town. And she says, no. Yeah. Fuck you. All right. Yeah. This time they're actually more vague about like you might regret that. Yeah, they, that's what I thought. And like you Jack's know I mean? the last person to look at her, and that's a little bit weird for that to be coming after he promised to kill her. Yeah, exactly. You would thought that the death would come. I was expecting maybe even more violence out of this altercation. Yeah. <clears throat> also, I'm interested. <clears throat> not that I want to see a woman get hurt. No, of course. Also, I'm interested. Uh, I guess we will never have this answer, but can she die if he tried to kill her? What would have happened? What would have happened? That would have given away the whole game. If of course, like that, of right? course. But like my my Although, understanding is, it wouldn't work. Ooh, and this being Riverdale, they certainly could have done just like, cut away from an attack. Yeah. And show her nursing herself better later. Pulling the knife out of her heart. Right, or, or, or even something less explicit. Yeah. And then only later have a guy go. But you were dead yeah. at one point. Exactly. She was like, was she's I? She's like, I can't die. <laughs> well, I can't die. <laughs> it's my curse. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, that was just a question anyway, I had. Go Poppy ahead. goes to dinner at Pops. I wonder I, if anyone thought about how her name goes with the diner that well. No. She, it, it, the diner looks exactly the same. Right. And we don't update the diner. No, we don't do that. No. Tammy suggests she get her order to go. Everyone is looking at her. There are... You know, I think there is some good background work going on here where, like, Alice has a family. Yeah. Uh, 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 Jack and Bitsy have a child. Absolutely. It's not exactly one-to-one with what we've seen before. Right. Uh, she chooses to stay and eat there and catches a look from Jack, Bitsy, and their daughter. This little girl looks terrified, terrified. at this woman she's never seen before, and right. they all leave. Right. 
Well, and you know that's I guess again, but to your to your point, good good background acting. I mean, you know, yeah. If you're if it's an your parents, scene. yeah, because if your parents are visibly distressed about something, it's not it's not common for a child to go. What's going on, <laughs> guys? Let's say hi. Oh, where did the party go? You know, <laughs> yeah. No. Although it would have been funny if she's like, Mom, Mom, Mom. <laughs> I need a crayon. <laughs> She's like slapping him. <laughs> the, Dad. It, it, it's your turn in tic-tac-toe. Right, let's go. <laughs> so Polly returns home to find the FBI raiding Thornhill, led by Kirk Keller. Man, these people's families have been here for a long time. Kirk. <laughs> Kirk Keller. So this Kevin... You know what's weird is every time they do a flashback about one of Kevin's ancestors, yeah. and Kevin's playing them, they're in an authority position. They're right. a sheriff, constable, constable FBI agent, sure. whatever. Kevin always gets storylines where he's trying to make it in the theater. Yeah. Clearly, they like this guy as an authoritative figure. Right. And his dad even offers him a position as a deputy in the sheriff's department at the end of last season. He said no, so he could make it in New York. My, What's up with that? My gut is, and if I know writers' rooms, if I know writers, and I do, they You know writers? Love, can you get me in touch? With I, I do like those. I know a lot of them. Um, my... My gut is they have talked about that with their executives at the studio, and they have talked about that in the writer's room ad nauseum. Yeah. They've and, usually discussed most things and they, think of. And they really love that dichotomy. Mm. They, uh, it's probably something that Roberto absolutely will not let go of. And it was probably one of the first things that the character was. Right. We love that he is gay, and, and we love that he is juxtaposed next to his entire ancestry mm-hmm. of authoritative, straight, seemingly machismo characters or people. Yeah. We love that he is like the, the rainbow sheep. Of That's the a family. really nice way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Kirk says she's a subversive, a communist sympathizer. He thinks her salons are secret commie meetings. With women? With women. Yeah. I mean, women talking about things that Men can't hear. Wow. Can't trust that. Can't trust that. He asks her why she went to Russia in the past, and she says, for a chess tournament. And I roll my eyes just a little bit. Yeah. Did we have to make Cheryl the Queen's Gambit? The Queen's Gambit. I loved it, though. Well, I didn't love it, but I I thought it was I thought it was a nice little nod. I like the idea that, of course, Abigail would be very good at chess. She's had a long time. Yeah, to practice. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> He, uh, he refers to her salons as uh, unsegregated gatherings where you read banned books and pass around contraceptives. And when you say it like that, it still sounds fine. I don't know yeah, what your problem seems is. Seems fine. Yeah, I, all that is correct and also fine. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he gives her a confession to sign. She won't do it. Right. It's all very The Crucible. Yes. Yeah. You know? Uh, all, yeah, it's all... Which is, again, it, a witch hunt thing. A witch hunt yeah. thing and a, a book that was banned. A lot, right. of band, a lot of banned books in this. Yeah. But it's her name! It's my name! So Bitsy comes to see Polly and asks her to sign. Right. She's like, what about us? Polly says she's doing an event for them both, for all womankind, for the future, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And uh, she realizes Bitsy is pregnant. Yes. With a second child. The child, she Two said, kids. I don't think I gotta, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. Wasn't really up for it. You know what? It, here's just something I just want to say. Uh, what really shocks me is that she doesn't have a support system. 
Not Polly? Poppy? Po- Poppy. She, like, there's no maids, housekeepers, guards. No, in this specific time period, she is alone. Who cleans this house? I haven't by seen the... her with a broom in her hand once. Right, she's all, she, and by the time she's Cheryl, she has Nana Rose, right. Mom, Dad, Jason. Yeah. Who are those people? Who are these people? Who cleans this house? Who guards this big-ass compound? And how, how, who opened the door for the FBI? I'm just, I have questions. Well, I, I assume the FBI opened the door for themselves. <laughs> they kicked a bunch yeah, of doors. They got battering rams They got stuff. battering rams. I'm just, I, I'm, it, all of this to say, you would think after, and now knowing what we know, after basically 60 years in her youth, into her youth, or into her new life as an immortal, mm-hmm. she would have amassed some sort of amount of money and some sort of ability to run this house you know and the, the house looks like in perfect condition so someone has been taking care of this house right, who right. are the guards why are there no guns how <laughs> excited was she when deodorant was invented yeah. <laughs> how excited are we that deodorant oh, got invented god i love it man top top 10 inventions <laughs> and after the first death threat why didn't she get a guard with what money there must be there must be it's actually it would be really sad if she didn't have money with all the time she has Uh, i'm telling you she's you've lived you've lived nearly 70 years you haven't amassed any amount of money come on come on come on well bitsy turns on poppy gives her some pretty tough insults and leaves tough ones we don't see each other for nine months something about a spinster yeah oh yeah she calls her a spinster rude where the worst all right uh, when Jack comes in and begs her for help. Right. He says, you won't return to this cell, I promise. You know, he keeps and that promise. you can trust him. You can could, you could trust me. So they reunite at the hospital where Bitsy is having difficulty with the pregnancy. Right. And Poppy coaches her through birth as the comet lights the room. And her daughter is born. Poppy says the comet is a sign of great things to come. Is this baby Alice? I would think. Right? Right. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. That would... Although, wouldn't that make her, like, older than we think? 57? Oh. That would make her, like... No, she's too 63. old. 63. Yeah, she's too old. She would be too old. Right. Yeah. So, this must be some other... Some person. Some other ancestor. You know? It's Rivervale. Who cares? Could be anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's Rivervale. Who cares? I, I mean, you know... The serialized brain of me says, if it is Alice, this is important later. But there hasn't been much serialization also, in Riverdale. And also, there are plenty of anachronisms in Riverdale. Plenty what? of Plenty of things that don't belong. Name in... one. Well, one anachronism? Yeah, just one anachronism. What I, what I, what I, I think, I, and I, this is from what I remember, uh, of watching season one and season two, is we, there wasn't ever an idea of when the show was taking place like at what no, yeah no I'm, I'm doing a bit we can name a million anachronisms <laughs> i was gonna say I feel archie's like... car the vhs tapes they get next to the instagram <laughs> that they keep i couldn't tell if you were, you were joking i was like john i feel like that's the whole idea of the show <laughs> it's like we don't Come know on. when it takes name place me one time when something in this show has happened that seemed unrealistic <laughs> for its time period that's all i'm saying like when is this taking place so if if we're we're saying present day is earlier in the 90s whatever i don't know but there's cell phones who knows i don't know but maybe it is Alice. that's all i'm saying mm. that timeline is flexible sure what is time 
time is but a construct. Well, uh, they do say it's a 65-year recurrent with the comet. Hmm. Okay. Right? Well, then never mind. So it has to be 2021. It has to be 2021. Which, uh, at the start of the time jump, Veronica reminded us it was 21, even though seven years ago, it was 2020. Fine. Fine. Time yeah. is a construct. The men cuff Poppy again and put her under house arrest at Thornhill for the rest of her life. The rest of her days. Betsy's husband died under mysterious circumstances with the poison that Poppy gave her after her daughter was born. Good riddance, I say. And that's the end of the 50s. Right. And now we're in present day, Cheryl. Present day. They say that she wakes up, Cheryl, from a dreamless sleep. You know, hard sleeper, man. Yeah, maybe she's just exhausted. Yeah, maybe you just ran out of dreams after a while. <laughs> you know, when your life is crazy enough, the dreams don't come. Cheryl, the character, is still pretty acerbic. It's it's very weird to think yeah. that someone who's lived so long would develop that personality. Right. Because it's very much the personality of a young person who's never been in danger once in their life. Is that, now you would know this better than I, is that true for the river vale uh sort of storytelling i guess not river vale has been i mean she's she's had in the earlier episodes she was definitely more cheryl as we've known her than in this episode okay so they they haven't been building to this sort of revelation at all no there's not a lot of like in the first episode you know they convince everyone to go along with the archie murder right and then the second episode when the spirit starts haunting people uh betty's like really a ghost and you're like but you just... Yeah. But you would think someone who's lived 120 years would have some sort of sophistication. Some yeah. sort of ability to work right. through their emotional Not, trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not here. Not here. No, it's fine. Uh, Cheryl teaches her students, just like anime characters, about Bailey's Comet. Tonight will be momentous. The girls will go out to watch, but Nana and Cheryl will be staying behind because Nana is weak and rituals will need to be done to prepare her for the afterlife. Right. Do you remember what our thing is about Nana on this show? No. That she's a bad person. Oh. She's like a really, really bad person. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who, like, you, there there was like the origin story episode about all the parents. Right. Where we learned that Penelope Blossom was adopted into the family right. to marry her brother right. and have kids with him. Okay, I do remember that. And that, that this woman was the one responsible for that. Yeah. So she's a monster. Right. And she's just, and, and the show just has never treated her as such. No. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. They treated her as a, just a What a kooky old, old lady. Just <laughs> a kooky old lady. But you know what? I mean, and I think Smallville did, did an episode kind of like that where... It, the, some big bad or in, in some monster of the week was they had the ability to switch bodies or something and yeah. uh, that like some serial killer got into a, a younger person's body and decided oh, to dang. start living. No, I do remember there was like the earlier guy who was a serial killer who got young. Who got young. Was, okay, something like that. It might have been a different so one where they swap bodies with Clark. Right, yeah. So wow. it's another... Those I, meteors. So it's another So it's another trope. That, you know, you're like, okay, you're, you're in your old age, you're harmless. But in a new strapping new body, you're <clears throat> right, a right, monster. Right. Yeah. Yes. A uh, monster. Good thing again. that's not going to happen to no. her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The ritual involves hearing about past blossoms, and Nana picks both Abigail and Poppy, right. whose stories are intertwined. She says, because of Bailey's comment. Beca- because they're both the person she's talking to right now. Right. <laughs> Abigail, but just specifically... tell me about those two times things were really tough for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Cheryl calls Britta uh, Britannia, 
I don't like it, but I haven't liked anything about Britta living in this girl's house. That's fine. Britta noticed her and Nana Rose have been planning something. Uh, she doesn't know what it is, but she wants to see. Right. And this child tells her she can stay, but not a word. We gotta do more flashbacks. Right. <laughs> we got flashbacks to go through. We're doing, I gotta think about my entire life before this comic comes by. <laughs> right. Uh, so Cheryl explains the night Abigail was to be married and the night Bitsy gave birth were both the night of Bailey's Comet. Right. And that's when her doorbell rings. Everyone gets a visitor, you know? Yeah. In this one. I, again, this is like a very well-told story. There's mm-hmm. a lot of... Like, Using the Thornhill set especially. Lovely. Lovely. Well done. Which is a set that we've done many stories in. Yeah. And not all of them I'm endeared great. to. Yeah, yeah, not all great. But this one... Nana yeah. asks if that's her... Of course, Nana was a big fan of the old comic strips about Sabrina. Didn't watch the Netflix show. Sure, yeah. No, she's she... a little bit like, you're not Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, no, yeah, she was a real big, big fan of the 1990s <laughs> Sabrina Spellman, for sure. Uh, Cheryl meets Sabrina Spellman at the front door. Right. Uh, how, 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 do you, how did you like seeing Sabrina show up here? I adored it. Do you think she would be friends with Cheryl? This Cheryl... I buy more knowing that she's a centuries she's old just, witch. She's a 120 year old witch. Right. Yeah, I would Normal say. Normal Cheryl, I'd be like, I don't know if they'd be friends. I don't think so. Sabrina, Cheryl's a pretty mean person. Yeah, Sabrina is viciously loyal to her friends. Right. She is and, abundantly. And just vicious. Yeah, yeah. And she's abundantly optimistic about her own life and her own power. Yeah. And Cheryl is none of those things. And no. I don't, so I don't think that they would, they would, they would mesh well in 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 the episode that i that i assume the episode i had built up in my mind shame on me Hmm. i had i had assumed that like sabrina would be doing something to help bring archie back from the dead sure i was hoping she would come in and chastise cheryl for the curse she put on the town and explain what this arc is right and clearly that's just something that we shouldn't have been thinking to expect because it's really just a fun experiment that the cast and crew wanted well, to Well, and it really isn't Sabrina, you know, it really isn't Sabrina's uh, M.O. either. I have to wonder... To chastise witches for their spells. If there's a version of the script without Sabrina in it, and then they were allowed to put Sabrina in it, and so they just kind of found a spot for her here. Maybe, maybe. But I mean, I thought they used her well. Yeah. I thought they, I thought even if she, if she were put in as a last minute plot device, she, she fit in well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there wasn't, there wasn't a moment where I was like, Sabrina doesn't belong here. No, it works. It works. It just also feels a little bit like if she weren't here, this all could have still probably gone down in much the same way. Well, and if uh, like Britta were in the circle with them instead or y- something. You know, uh, and that's interesting because when watching Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, you thought if Sabrina weren't in this, it would have gone down much the same way. <laughs> no, well, actually, yeah, Sabrina caused a lot of problems, which is, which is the, the how the character is written. Sabrina causes her own misfortune and then has to get herself and her family out of those right, problems. Right. And it's true for the 1990s Sabrina as well. Every sure, episode, her stuff were, were pretty low-stakes comedic affairs. Definitely, like, but she oh was no, always... everyone's obsessed with fame now. Right, where she was always getting doing a spell wrong or there was always a spell right, gone awry right. that was her fault she had to yeah. get it out of... So into Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was also did also right, do that Right, but that, that was more trope. like a, oh no, I denied the devil my soul and now he's mad. Right, but... What I was going to say is Sabrina's spells always seemed very powerful. 
always seem to have a, a, an immediate impact that was part on of the, the physi- lore, right? on the physical world, right? That she was like extra powerful compared to most witches. Correct. Yes, she's because she's half half witch, half mortal. She has mm-hmm. this in, in, innate ability to ha- tap into the emotional side of her humanity, which it, it, it imbues her with extra power. Yada yada. All that to say, Cheryl's. I haven't seen Cheryl cast a spell once. She's, they, a, she's a weak witch. Uh, to me, she, yes. Abigail is a weaker witch than She's Sabrina. much more like a... If, if They presented it in the past as like a spiritual thing. Right. Where like she prays to the four elements and like a, a campfire behind her burns right. extra the way, bright. The way like modern day witches or, you know, use, you know, celestial or not uh, like, like you know, moon energy with crystals and, and moon power. Right, and, yeah. Cheryl charges crystals overnight in the moonlight. <laughs> and there's nothing against any of that religion. No. I'm just saying that the, the, the power is more within. It's mm-hmm. more uh, It's more of an internal power as opposed to an ex being able to imbue the world with totally. external Totally. So, like, changes. Cheryl doing this on her own, you'd be like, oh, this is the first time I've seen you cast a do, spell. Do some real Sabrina magic. being here is immediately like, Oh, well, she knows what she's doing. Exactly. I think that that's really why Sabrina needed to be here, because they needed, like, a real, really powerful witch. Transference, mm. to me, feels like a very powerful spell mm. to for for uh, just e- elemental witches to be doing. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Cheryl introduces Sabrina to Nana and Britta. Their covens are in the same softball league. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there was this there was this line where she, they said, uh, "We have a lot of mutual friends." Yeah, and we'll call them Roberto and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, then they ask Britta to leave, which is a little bit rude because she only asked to understand what was happening here. Beat it. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. You listen to the stories. Get the fuck out of yeah, here." Yeah, yeah. Beat it. Uh, but the score in this scene really rules the when they're actually doing the doing spell. Doing the transference. I was yeah. like, whoa! Because yeah, like cool. the, the score is, doesn't usually stand out and shouldn't no. always. No. Uh, but yeah. I thought this one was really nice. Yeah. Have some great needle drums there. Mm-hmm. And then after it's over, uh, Cheryl, I'm doing air quotes, looks at herself with excitement and says it works. And then they call Nana Abigail. Right. First time you're, you're watching this, what are you thinking in this moment? I uh, The first time I watched it, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like what? The, you just switched. You switched souls with your grandmother. Right. Like that's right. strange. And you're the immortal. Right. Yeah. So now your grandmother lives forever. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. They say I, the curse is broken. They tell Nana to let go and be at peace, and to reunite with Thomasina. Right. And then Nana's body dies, and they smile and. Serena says, happy, sad endings are the best. Happy, sad endings are the best. I love that. And then they get to Britta asking, okay, no, but what just happened? <laughs> right, because I did the, I did the same thing. And there, I don't usually approve of uh, characters sitting, sitting other characters sitting the down, audience down. Sitting the audience down here's and going, here's what, here's what just happened. But it, that was very necessary for this scene. <laughs> right. So I appro- so, applaud them for doing so. Abigail was made immortal. Lived so long that she rebranded herself as Poppy and Cheryl and one presumes several other people in between. Of course, yeah. Uh, I would say not our mainline Cheryl. Obvi- I mentioned that earlier. Just this version. Yeah, uh, the and River they, Vale Cheryl. Right, right, and they found a way to get out from under this curse to finally allow her to move on to the afterlife when they put her soul into Nana's dying body. And right. now Nana is Cheryl. Cool? Cool. Britta, run. Britta, <laughs> Get out. Get out of there. Because Rose the is a woman monster. The woman they promised you doesn't exist. She's gone now. She doesn't, she's, she's dead, dead. now. She's it dead. is a crazy old lady. 
Get out of there. That's it. Well, Ed, oh. and and I love Sabrina's line there. She says, "There is no death for witches, only transformation." Right. right? That's a that's a great like. And then she fantastic. turns to Netflix and she gives him the finger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been motherfucker. I, I will say, I will say, *Children of Adventures of Sabrina* would be a very hard show to do during the pandemic. I hear you had like a five season plan. Why would it be hard in the pandemic? I think there was a lot of. I'm not sure, but uh, it seems like a very involved show. Very involved, like a lot of characters moving in and out, a lot of, a lot of big bads that come in and, and have to, so it's like new new actors, new characters, new new makeup, everything has to be put in. And sort of to strip that down and kind of what River, River Vale is doing, that it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. You'd have to wait till the pandemic was sort of kind of over to, to continue on, I think, but... I don't know. I'm impressed with everything that I've been seeing of pandemic television. We assumed it would be much less free than it has been. I I agree. I will give that, but I think Netflix was taking was hedging its bets. Yeah. I mean, because they canceled it in July. Also, of 20, I, they canceled know, it in July of 2020. Netflix loves a churn. They love to kill they something do. after three seasons they, they unless it's doing there. great. Yeah. Unless it's. Lucifer. Yeah. Don't know how that one happened, but thank God it did. Exactly. No, they love a little churn and burn over there, so, you know, we're proud to them. And I think that's something creators are wary of now when they take stuff to Netflix, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now now they're aware of, like, oh, this thing might not be a long-term thing. But this is what I'm telling, this is what I've been saying about the Netflix model for forever, is it's not sustainable. I've been really turning against it recently, uh, talking about the Cowboy Bebop thing. Yeah. Where I, I I didn't love the show, but I didn't expect them to kill it so fast either. Yeah. It feels like a salvageable concept if you bring in a new showrunner. Because mm-hmm. it was really the writing that was the problem on yeah. that one. And they and like they did it for Iron Fist. And Iron Fist's second season, while not very well watched, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. And... This could have bounced back, but they had spent so much on it. It had take, taken so long to make, especially with the leg injury that John Cho had. Yeah. They had to have sets ready, yeah. but not use them for so long. It's just it, it just bums me out a little bit. Well, and it bums, it doesn't just bum you out. It bums a lot of the audience. Yeah, off, off of their favorite shows being being taken off and not and not renewed. And then when you're trying to talk about ten, the ten year plan, right? Ten years down the line. Netflix isn't going to have a lot of those staples that people loved to go, hey, rewatch this. Why rewatch it? It's only two seasons. You, you canceled can't, it after you the can't, best thing. And, and there's not, they don't have the advantage of a weekly television model where people can bond and talk about what is happening on the same page for an extended period of time. Absolutely. You know, we could all watch Ted Lasso and talk about it. We could all watch any Marvel show, WandaVision especially, and be like, wow, this week, can you believe that? And it and it goes back to the bingeability, right? Netflix, you know, prides itself on its bingeability, but the shows that are bingeable are six, seven, eight, nine, ten seasons long. And, and they didn't make those. And they haven't made any of those. No. They and can lose them at any moment. At any moment. Right. And so it not only builds distrust into your audience, but it builds distrust into the, like, as you said, your showrunners who are bringing you shows. Right. right. And I think the other thing to remember about Netflix is that all of their biggest hits are the stuff they did not think would be. Right. The stuff that they manufacture to be a hit usually fails. Fails. Stranger Things 
They did not plan for that to be big. They barely advertised it. And then it was huge because it was good. Now, I'll give them credit. They knew that the next thing they needed to do was just give the guys money right. and stand let back and let them work. Right. But uh, Squid Game is the same thing this year. Of like They didn't think yeah, they that was, was going to be work. huge. Yeah. And now it's the biggest thing they got. Right. And I I think it was smart for them to do a second season, mostly because that ending left me dissatisfied. Sure. And, I, yeah. and I feel like there is a real ending. But, to I mean, you're right. Like, we be talking about like things like Outer Banks. And you think things like, you know... House of Cards. I guess they House of Cards. They was the one they thought. I think their earlier stuff is a little bit different. They weren't. There wasn't as much control from them at that point. They were trying to do prestige. Uh, stuff my roommate and... Cosmo is watching uh, Daredevil the series oh, because fabulous show. He hadn't seen it before, and yeah. we all suspect that they're going to start putting these guys in. Like I think Kingpin's going to be in Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it's funny. Oh, hearing... Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, oh, yeah that'd be great. Uh, like that show was just lit and shot in a way that yeah. they just don't look like anymore right. on Netflix. Yeah. No, it no it's no it's true. It's true. But you're right. The the stuff that succeeds is the stuff that's that's that it gets into people's hearts and minds and makes them think. And you build a relationship and, with the characters. And then if you pull that rug un, from underneath them on a cliffhanger ending, you're gonna lose audience. And they're gonna hate you. They may not hate you now, but they're gonna hate you in five, six, ten years down the line when they're talking about the show that they used to really love, but man, I really hated that ending. And the worst thing about Netflix doing a cliffhanger, cliffhanger endings and Netflix, the model is that usually by the time the next season comes around, if there is a next season, you have forgotten most of the things that happened in that show because right. you watch it so quickly you couldn't build any memories around those things which works for netflix in the sense that you don't associate netflix with anything other than netflix right uh, uh all of those shows kind of fall to the wayside but you remember netflix every right. time yeah i mean listen i could talk about i could talk about the pitfalls of the streaming wars uh forever but Back to the show. <laughs> that we well, that for. is the uh, that's the end oh, of good. the episode. Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, uh, Thomas Heaton and Abigail reunite in the here in the hereafter. Jughead agrees that happy sad endings are the best, and the sign says Rivervale. There be witches here. And there, there be witches here. There be. <laughs> I assume be, that's how. There's, it there be, be one it. less witch here. There, there be less witches <laughs> today. And so usually at the end of the episode we have a couple awards to give out usually oh, we did ever since the time jump we've had uh, who aged like fine wine okay this episode might be more of like a which which uh, timeline had some of the best outfits or who dressed the best okay. across time yep so for example uh, in I would like to give 1892 to uh, Reggie okay. for the sideburns for, uh, Reggie sideburns absolutely I'd like uh, there was this uh, in the first season of Riverdale there was um, brooch of the week Yes, you uh, did do that. I did brooch yeah. of the week. Um, the spider brooch was in this the episode. The spider brooch returned. Yeah. And I would like to give brooch of the week to the spider brooch nice. once again. Nice. <laughs> uh, I was obsessed with uh, 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 Poppy's polka dot outfit in the 50s also. Oh, yeah. The 50, really 50s had great, 50s had great, great outfits. costumes. Uh, uh, I want to give special points to uh, Tammy Tabitha who does the mid-Atlantic accent in her with her 1950s character. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quite well, actually. Yeah, no yeah. one else does. No one else does, but you you love that. There she is. The Mid-Atlantic accent. Right. But it's very, like, high and bubbly. and. Well, I'm just so worried about that Sputnik. So... <laughs> that was it. That was it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, um, well like, done. Just like in the show Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. What a... Sh 
that show. I never finished it. Yeah, you know, you don't have to. Netflix. The rest of it. <laughs> yeah, again, back to Netflix. Back to the. the Sorry, guys. That's the Netflix. rest of the show. We're talking We're Netflix. Just talking Netflix here for the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, a Ryan Murphy show. I think one part of his five hundred million dollar deal over at Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. now. But yeah, not. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the revisionist endings of things. It's it's you know what I think. Just because things were away in the past doesn't mean we should preclude certain kinds of people from playing roles they want to play. Oh, I agree. That being said, we don't have to make that the plot of the thing. Of the thing, It right. could just yeah, yeah. be a thing. Yeah. You know, I watched Jungle the way they Cruise did for the first time, yeah. and I was like, oh, she's wearing pants. Oh, everyone's going to talk about it all oh. the time. Can oh. we shut up? <laughs> yeah. A woman in pants? Pants, you say? Oh, my God. Finder! <laughs> Well, you know, and it really did. She was always trying to be secretive, but it's very hard to be secretive when you're a woman wearing pants. Uh, uh, which is ironic, because she wore the pants to make herself more mobile. Right. <laughs> so she's more mobile and less, visible, but less stealthy. Although, you know, the deeper in the jungle you get, the less the dress is going to help her help it, her fade away it, either. Certainly not. You're you're just going to be something to eat or kill. Uh, follow up to. Uh, outfits uh who is your citizen of the week for this episode of riverdale oh, citizen of the week vale. river vale. oh in river vale right. who i think it's uh, uh jack i think he's a good upstanding man looking out for his town he's just a, and stopping some he's just a patriot that really <laughs> wanted to take care of his i town. mean i can't believe what she was doing to his marriage <laughs> hold on mid-atlantic <laughs> well i can't believe what he was doing to her marriage to his marriage uh yeah uh, no, I, uh, I'm gonna give Citizen of the Week to, um, 1950s, um, a Veronica. What was, whatever, what was her name? Bits, no, Bit Velma. 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 For having the courage to know her husband wasn't performing and trying to do something about it. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. I like that. I'm gonna give it to, uh, Hopefully 18... she tried some of those Kama Sutra things before she made him mad. Before she told him? Before she told him how she got the book. Uh, I'm going to give it to 1892 Constable Keller. Because <gasps> I thought he was doing his job. He was. He had a great mustache. And when he heard there was a pox, he left. He left. And he and never, never came saw back. Him again. <laughs> I don't think we ever saw him again. That guy, he's all right in my book. <laughs> he, I like, he, we like Constable Keller. Yeah, yeah. doesn't doesn't overstep his bounds. No. Kirk, on the other hand, what a fuck dick. that guy. <laughs> what, a, what a dick. Yeah, no, I agree. And then uh, the next thing we talk about is... What are you watching right now? What are you excited about? What do you want to talk about? Oh. TV, movie-wise. Oh my gosh. Well, um, uh, as you know, I got a new job two and a half months ago. That's right, yes. Um, can, uh, can we talk about anything about that? Uh, sure, yeah. You work for 20th Century Television. Well, uh, it used to be 20th Century Television. Right, now it's just 20th Television. Now it's just 20th. You work for the 20th TV. <laughs> there are 19 <laughs> other ones running around, but don't listen to them, okay? <laughs> the 20th You're is the, the one. the 20th. Right, than 20th. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I work for 20th Television. It's not which is, even the century anymore. No, century's gone. It's That's gone. just like... It's weird. I, I, the logo is too iconic. I get it. But like, was this the solution? This is how we fix 20th it. 20th yeah. Television? It's fine. It's fine. So uh, right now, we're I'm at the tail end of all of that, all of the merging problem. The, not problem. Not the merging stuff. It's so not a problem it, for you. It's not a problem for me. It was a problem for a lot of other people. Uh, so uh, about... Eight months ago, that maybe your listeners don't know, but about eight months ago, there were four television studios that were the pipeline for everything Disney. So it was uh, ABC, ABC Studios, mm -hmm. ABC Signature, oh. 
20th television and Touchstone. Um, And uh, over the course of Bob Chappick taking over, Bob Chappick, thank you for your... That, thank you for your, for your service. We, we really appreciate yeah, you. Yeah. Stephen is doing the Mark of the Cross and getting down <laughs> Bob on Bob Chapman, thank you. <laughs> uh, in case the CEO of the company ever hears this. Yeah, yeah. We uh, really From appreciate what I understand, you anytime you say his name, he tunes in. He tunes in, yeah. right, yeah. So uh, uh, after, you know, all of the, the, the merger was, you know, finalized, Bob Chapman took over, and Bob Iger ste- stepping down, it became two studios. So now there are only two television studios uh, that's ABC Signature and 20th Television. Okay, and so did you absorb uh, Touchstone? We, uh, I think 20th did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then ABC Studios just became ABC Signature altogether. Sure. I, weird. I would have kept Studios. I would have kept ABC Studios, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I, ABC Signature, maybe they, they liked it They liked it more. Um, <laughs> not a studio. <laughs> we're not a studio. We're artists. We're the artists. The Signature. <laughs> it's a Signature uh, edition. And now, and now 20th, man, you know, is over, you know, quite a few shows. Probably like 50 or 60 something like that that's a lot of shows a lot of shows but the one so the only reason i mentioned my new job uh, for those of you wondering why we haven't answered the question what am i watching uh because i am required i'm not required right, you're required to watch dailies i am required to watch dailies of all of my sh- of well, not all of them but three of them in particular right now 911 lone star uh love victor and uh, Ordinary Joe. Ordinary Joe. And Caitlin and I are my favorite show, Ordinary Joe. <laughs> now, for, for listeners, dailies are literally just the footage they get on the day. So you're watching raw takes of scenes right. for all of these shows. For what purpose? Uh, so my bosses, who are the is the VP and director of current series, or current television, uh, which just basically means any show that's already running, not uh, any show that's that's already had a pilot and has a series order. My, our our execs handle that. So uh, when dailies come out, it's the, like we'll talk about Ordinary Joe. When dailies come out, there's 120, you know, takes for the day. Yeah. Right. 120, 150 takes for the day. My bosses don't have time to watch every single one of those takes. Makes sense. So my job is to watch every one of those takes. And then do a, a really quick cut, like, hey, this this scene really worked, and you know, cut it in and cut it out, and then send them, you know. So instead of having to, for them having to watch an hour and a half worth of footage, right. they watch twelve minutes worth of. It's and, it's funny how a lot of uh, early positions in this industry is doing work so someone above you doesn't have to do yeah. all of that busy work. Absolutely. You know? An assistant editor is all about logging all of the shots, all of the dailies for the day, and yeah. labeling them. So that a regular editor can come and be like, oh, that's Got everything. It. Right. Got it. Know what I'm looking at. Yeah, of course. Uh, script coverage is for an, for a producer, an agent, whatever. Right. To not have to read every, every script, script that comes through their door. Right. To get someone else to just be like, these are the top of the shelf. Right. So these are the good shit. These are the But this not. is why we hire, this is why, you know, head honchos will hire people straight out of, uh, you know, film programs and writing programs because they at least have some passing knowledge of story structure and what sounds good and what doesn't sound good. Right. So you want you want them to be able to read a script and go, yeah, this is a pass. You know, yeah. this is a pass, pass. Which is weird because I've had experiences where I've passed on something and then it got made. Oh, yeah. Well, your eyes, you know, maybe not at the time, maybe it wasn't as finely tuned or, right. you know, and sometimes it's about packaging, right? Sometimes yeah. it's about, hey, this director really loved it and wants to do it. And if Steven Spielberg calls 20th and goes, hey, I want to make something, we're, we're not going to say no. And happily, you know? uh, none of them have been 
super successes either. Sure, They've yeah. just been kind of in the middle. Yeah, mid middling. So successes. like, I, I'm probably. I'm probably not entirely right to pass, not right. entirely wrong. Maybe it was a maybe all along. Yeah. All that to say, what I'm really watching, another show that I I uh, work on underneath my bosses, um, is uh, <clears throat> Only Murders in the Building. Uh, which, I just finished it. Which I think is the best show we make. And it's great. We are, we are currently currently making season two. I wasn't sure if... The, I, so I'm watching it, and I assumed it was just a one-off. Yeah. And I'm very excited that there's a season, season two. Season two. We're very excited. I, you know, every, I mean... Everyone's excited. I mean, even... they can't be let back in that building. Though, right? <laughs> There's no way they get back in that building. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it. So that's what I'm, what I'm watching right now. It's really my shows, <laughs> really only the shows I work on. That's Although funny. I will say, uh, a show that is getting a lot of buzz that we work on, the 20th Television works on, um, is Big Leap. Uh, and Scott Foley, right? And what that man, that man desperately needs to be the lead of something that lasts. What they are saying is, Big Leap is the best show that nobody's watching. I think Deadline came out with, the <laughs> with an article that was like the best show. That that's rough. Watching. You know, we've we've all in our lives loved a show that's the best show that nobody's watching. Yeah, but I... uh, reminder: Evil Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Evil on Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah, no. So I would recommend if people are asking for my recommendations, only murder in the building and the big leap. Mm. Okay. Uh, I just finished Ted Lasso season two. Took me a while. Haven't finished it, but I'm excited there about was it. A, there was a Christmas episode that was really good. Oh, and then, Christmas episode and then, where they, they end with the, the concert in yeah. the front. Oh. And then like two after that, I personally had a breakup right. and didn't come back to the show right. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was Christmas time, and I was like, I'm going to rewatch the Christmas episode and go from there to finish the oh, season. Oh, good, yeah. And I'm, now I'm, I was hoping you had seen it so we could discuss no, it. No, I hadn't, I hadn't done I haven't finished it. I, I, I just uh, watched the Christmas episode. Mm, it's a good one. It's very I adored good. it. Adored Are it. you watching Hawkeye? I watched the first two episodes. I know the third one just came out. So Thir I'll... Four are out. Oh, uh, And three and four are a huge step up from one and two. Oh, God. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, so they just got uh, they just got kidnapped, I think, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of the yeah. You gotta see how they escape that. Oh, That's great. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about it. I love the banter between those two. Yes, she's good. She's, uh, she's That so character good. is 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 someone who's kind of important to me personally. I was like, oh, this is this is great. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, and this is not Haley Steinfeld's acting at all, but I thought I was going to dislike that character. Like I I had I had. Low hopes. Oh. I had if someone has high hopes, I had low hopes. I think that's a really difficult character to get right. Yeah, uh, you can make that person incredibly annoying. annoying. And knowing the kinds of fans that superhero movies have, yeah, uh, knives were out. Yeah, <laughs> but I think Haley Steinfeld. This is just a testament to Haley Steinfeld. I think she makes her affable and mm. like fun and like yes, obviously a nuisance to any any sort of hero plot that's happening. But right. but like you want to root for and yeah. that's that's and she doesn't uh unlike a lot of superheroes doesn't keep secrets uh, I know. and yeah. doesn't care for anyone else keeping secrets she's very shirt sleeve she will <laughs> ask them straight up what's going what's on what's going on and right. i am a fan of that no i am too i i liked it i, I like it a lot. Uh, and the other thing is that the expanses final season just started oh. and i'm i i that was one of my pandemic shows where for a while i was watching an episode a day right and now i have to wait a week between episodes yeah Oh, the expanse. You know, I don't. I think I watched uh, the first episode because I was interning at Alcon at the time when they had first started their TV department, and that was one of the shows they did. I, I think it's great, and it's really interesting how the show changes from the three sci-fi channel seasons yeah. to the to the the three uh, 
Amazon seasons. Yeah. They get a lot more money to become an Amazon show. Well, sure. And yet this final season is six episodes long. Right. Which bums me out a little bit. I oh, like because you wanted more. I think they needed more. Okay. I mean, there's more books, too. They're just not completing it. But I also... I get... If I were writing something for six years or so, I'd be like, all right, maybe we uh, start looking at that door. Maybe yeah, 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 wrap it up. You know, yeah, it's like the, the Game of Thrones guys. Where it's like Game of Thrones or HBO wanted ten seasons, and they were like, we'll give you seven. We're on fire. Nothing's going to take us down. Well, and the, here's the thing about Amazon is they, they're not the same model as Netflix. Mm-hmm. They, the Netflix is throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Amazon is curated. We are going to spend a lot of money on... Uh, if I remember correctly, three, three shows a year. And you can tell there's side. not a lot that comes out. It doesn't. But, it does um, not a big churn over there. You know they got. I think the boys is a really good recur for them. Yeah. Uh, every time it comes around, it's it gets great reviews. It just needs to come faster. Yeah. Because <laughs> it Absolutely. was a long break between one and two. Well, and Wheel that's of in... Time feels like a placeholder for Lord of the Rings. That's well, how I personally. I'm reacting to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, Amazon's development is slow and methodical, mm-hmm. I would say. Netflix is... is uh, the Make it! Make it now! <laughs> yeah, make it! Make it as fast as you can. Right. Amazon's They got is, the guns on the, on the belt, they're shooting yeah, them off. Amazon's is like, oh, we're and just going to pick up Netflix the art piece like... <laughs> that, that lands here, and over there a little bit, and HBO really just wants to capitalize on all of its brands. I mean, they enjoyed a level of success I think they'd never had before with Game of Thrones. Yeah, and now they're like, "Wait, are we never gonna have that?" They're yet? ready to repeat it. They're ready for a repeat. I don't think House of the Dragon is gonna be what they want it to be. I, I don't think that success, that that rousing success, is gonna come from uh, a spinoff of no, uh, weirdly House of, not House of Cards. Um, I mean, they, Game, of Thrones, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon, <laughs> the sequel to House of Cards. <laughs> the of House of Cards. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Watchmen was a big hit. I don't know if it was Game of Thrones level, but it that wasn't. one was like very word of mouth. Yeah. I don't know what people. I I want to say I don't know what people want, but people didn't know they wanted Game of Thrones in that game. I, I will say uh, I will say uh, nobody. We we can't guess what an audience is going to what an audience is going to love and yeah. what they're going to hate. They've been trying for a long time. I, but that's a, that's really our job, right? Our job is more or less to tell an audience what they want. Mm-hmm. And not, not give them what they're asking for. Does that make sense? Audiences usually don't know what they need. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I'm not not here saying an audience is stupid, right? Like an audience gives out ideas and we just don't take them. No, but if everything they wanted to happen happened, would they really feel that entertained? No, it'd be chaotic. It'd be all chaos. So we we give them what we think. We as the creatives who have been who have been trained and forged by fire and and you know years of experience know to do that's what we give them so well uh that's basically it hey uh next week is the 100th episode called the jughead paradox and caitlin will be back oh caitlin's coming back we love it (laughs) very exciting uh so in the meantime fans caitlin usually says this over and out river vixens